Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back for another episode on Nick and 30. Thank you for tuning in. I had to drop an episode today. I know it's not the usual date of Friday, but as you can see, the little mamas is hyped too in the back. But like I said, today I just had to do it. Not only did we have a game on Sunday against the Raptors to start it out. Yes, we lost by 10. I'm going to get into that. We had a surprise game pull up. Because the COVID game with the Pacers and the race, uh, the Pacers and the races, the Pacers and the Wizards, you know, that got postponed. So we ended up getting them today. And my oh my, today was breakthrough. But before we get into today's matchup, let's talk about Sunday's game. Let's talk about the first game when we get went against the Raptors. Let's talk about let's talk about how we couldn't stop Malachi. We couldn't stop Flynn at all. Like we just. He was just unstoppable. We saw the, the preview of Scotty Barnes. That boy is going to be definitely, definitely something surprising. But enough about the Raptors. Let's talk about the Knicks. Let's talk about how we can see that within this whole, whole setting of how we had it set up, it looked like it was perfect for the fact of Obi needed this and Obi is showing you why he should be here, why we drafted him at number eight. He's looking like the dates in Obi that we needed. He needed these games because boy, oh boy, that man came out blazing. When I say he came out blazing, he played 36 minutes overall, 10 to 21 from the field. Not a real good shooting night from three-point, no, but he was aggressive, and that's the part that we look at it. It's not like we're judging these games based off, oh, we need to win them. We're looking at the development. We're looking at what what these players can can have, what these pro what promise did, uh, did, do these people bring to the table, and it's looking great. Like I said, 10 of 21, 2 of 10 from three-point, had eight rebounds, but 24 points out the gate. Like I said, only lost by 10, man. It's something real special, something real, real special. And he was very aggressive in his game. He was very aggressive to the point where I, like I said, I wasn't sold on him. I saw the progression going into the playoffs of last, of last year. And I was like, okay, I see the development. I see the potential, but can he keep going? But now after seeing this game, oh my God. I was like, yeah, he's ready. Defense was on point, getting into the passing lanes. Uh, seeing miss, uh, seeing Mitch matches, making sure he was uh, getting those opportunities. Uh, transition is on point, trying to hold his defender, making sure he was on point with that. Like I see a whole brand new Obi, and we could tell that he was definitely working during this off season, and it's it's starting to pay off. It's definitely starting to pay off to the point where it's like, okay, he might be a force to reckon with coming down the line. So, Randall, my man, you may not have to play no more minutes, man. When I say no more minutes, I mean extensive minutes, okay? We could start slimming those down because we are deep. And Obi is showing that he's ready to run with the best of them. And he's ready to run and hold down his position as well when Randall comes off the floor. But another surprising person which why I like to call him our breakout player of the game. Our breakout player of the game when it comes to our rookies of this year was our 58th pick looking like the steal of the draft with Jericho Sims. Oh my God, jump man, jump man. And let's not even get into the highlight of how he yammed it on homie regardless of the game almost out of the window where we're not winning. But when I say he caught a body, he caught a body. Oh my goodness. 
it was like man on a mission, man amongst boys. It was like, oh, come on, what is going on here? But for his stat line for that night, he played 22 minutes, 6-6 six six from the field, 8 rebounds, 1 assist, and only had 2 fouls throughout the whole game. So he's a very smart guy. He's a guy that understands his position, his role, plays within his strengths understands what he needs to do the footwork looks amazing the positioning looks amazing everything about his game looks polished to the t a senior coming out of college he looked like he was ready for this moment and to get him at 58 yet again and yes he did score 12 points yes six to six make it make sense you know two times two get it together but at the end of the day that man is definitely here to stay and I love it. I love the fact that he balled out the way he balled out. He's definitely showing that he may be the greatest 58th pick ever in NBA history if he could keep this up at the way he's going. And like I said, even though he did it in the first game, he did it in the second as well. But we're going to get to the second game in a little shortly. Right now, we're still going to stay on this first one. The other things that we've seen from this first game, you know, I had high hopes for IQ at first. And in his first game, we could definitely tell that the nerves were there. My man basically shot us out the game. And that's why you could say that we ultimately lost. Not just because of him, just because of everybody. You know, our shots weren't falling. We weren't getting in the groove. A lot of things just weren't clicking for us. But for IQ, man, you know, first time really getting those minutes in that in that starting PG role, playing 37 minutes. 5 of 17 from the field, 2 of 11 from 3. Now, that doesn't even sound accurate when it comes to IQ. So you know it was a bad game. But when it comes to PG status, for 37 minutes to average 15 points, 6 rebounds, and 8 assists, yeah, let's talk about it. That's definitely starting PG role right there. Now, had the team won, we would have talked about this whole thing differently. But... You know, you have the, some of those fans out there that like to lose their marbles. We are talking about New York Knicks fans now. They really like to go crazy when it comes to things like this. So let's not lose them. But when we talk about this bounce back game for number two for IQ, you're going to understand why you should never sleep on the kid. They gave him a D minus or a D plus last year for his overall grade, getting him at the 25th pick. So as you can see, he definitely shut the haters up again. So we're going to keep it short with IQ. As of the other rookies, when it comes into Grimes, McBride, Vildoza, Rokas. Uh, when it comes to Rokas, Rokas actually didn't get to play the first game, which was surprising. We thought that he was going to be straight out the bag, getting straight to it. So that kind of threw everybody off, but we didn't get to see him in any action. So we understand how that goes. As of Luca Vildoza, he gave us a good eight minutes, 0-3. Uh, he he really wasn't getting it off when it came to a shot. Another guy that wasn't, you know, just wasn't in the groove. Had three assists, but, you know, the defense was definitely looking like it was there. It looking like it was it was somewhat up to par, but it's not just, just there yet. Still getting burnt on defenses, still getting killed on uh, different switches. So it's something that he has to work on. When it comes to Grimes, quitting Grimes, I love the aggressiveness with this young man. His aggressiveness, his aggressiveness, his willingness to sit there and, you know, still stay within the game. Don't let the poor shooting get to him. You know, his defensive instincts is still up to par, but he has to get under control. His game is a little too rambunctious or a little too 
uh, a little too crazy at this moment. He has to tone it down a little bit, uh, remain in control of the game and understand the aspect of, yo, get it bucket by bucket, play by play. Don't play into the other team's game frame. Just stick within you. Don't get frustrated. If you get beat on the defense, just stay in control. But like I said, I do like the aggressiveness in the whole aspect of it. And there's nothing more you would want from a young potential uh, wing that we have within him. So there's nothing wrong with that. And again, you know, he played 34 minutes, played a bulk load of minutes, three of 11 from the field, three of, uh, three of eight from 3.4 rebounds, two assists, nine points. Only had nine points because he was in foul trouble, had four fouls. So, you know, got to do better on that aspect. Same thing with IQ, he had four fouls as well. Now, when we get into McBride, McBride, he only played 25 minutes, but it looked like he was a little bit lost in the offense whenever he would slide off to the wing or to the corner. More so like Obi did last year in the season, but still terrific outing for him. Meaning like the overall, we see what we got with him. We got the defense. We get the good shooting. He was three of eight from the field, played 25 minutes, like I said. Again, first game for everybody. Really wasn't getting their shots done. Shot four threes, none of them dropped. Five rebounds, two assists. Only had two steals, but he also finished with nine points as well. So again, it's a lot of promise within our rookies. There's a lot of things that we can see that are going to go on and translate good into this overall season. Now, other than that, I would just say... As you can see, we needed the overall adjustments. We needed to see what can be done and who can mesh with who for these lineups and when you see that you notice that the quickly iq tandem or for other people that like to say duo when those two are paired on the floor with each other it's like a work of a work of art and especially when you plug in mcbride he's like instant spark plug offense instant lockdown defense he gives you that same feel that I feel Frank Nilakina was supposed to give us before. And it's crazy that I say that, but that's just what it is. You know, a lot of people don't understand that. And he gives us the same versatility, the same type of thing. And we're getting it out the gate instead of trying to get it for four years running. You know, so I love that. The thing that I see about Sims, like I said, 58 overall pick, and he's playing like he's he should have been way higher on that board and should have been selected way higher than that. Everybody rated him a D plus coming in as an overall rating for a, a guard. I mean, a center coming in that low based on what they saw, and I'm glad he's shutting those haters up. He's definitely getting past them overall crazy. As of Grimes, like I said, he just has to play under control and the game will come to him. You see the shots. You see where he's getting the open looks. You see where he's breaking down the defense here and there. He just needs to stay under control and just get it together. But, like I said, the main topic of game one was Obi Toppin showing out and showing that he is going to be a monster if he plays the same way. The fact that he's getting off of the, off the pick and rolls, getting into the pick and pop situations, letting it go, shooting it, like not being scared, getting out of that whole passive mode he was in where he'll have an open look and pass up on the shot. Like, no, he's taking it like he's on it. And I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love the fact that IQ, even though this was his first go around, he was sitting there really trying to be the point guard role instead of being the aggressive scorer role that we normally see him being in. 
So everything was different types of aspects for it, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. Again, again, y'all hear little mom and she's very, very excited. Just got out the bath. So you know how that goes when the little ones are ready to go to sleep. Don't mind it at all. She's right now with her mom is doing a thing. My little mom is about to go to sleep. But that was game one, folks. Game one was crazy. A lot of people felt like we could have done better. Another thing that I seen that we could have done better was definitely hold down and lock up on that three-point line. We let too many open threes go. We translated back late on defense to lock down on some of these wing and corner threes. And it seems like those were the typical points to where it was killing us the most. And it's just like, I, I get it summer league, but we got to do better because during the regular season, it's definitely going to get way more epic. It's definitely going to get way epic to where you're going to have way better shooters than the ones you're going against at the very moment. So that's something that we definitely could tighten up. And as the coach that we have right now, we definitely need to make sure that he gets it in and does, does what he has to do to go ahead and translate that. So with that being said, overall, game one, it was something to see. IQ, you know, we got a preview of what he can do. Hopefully it could translate into game two. And obviously it did because we about to get into game two. And game two was something crazy going against the Pacers. We got to see the matchup within IQ and Chris Duarte. They were going at it. When I say basket for basket, it was like that at one point until IQ got in his disrespectful bag and said, you know what? You better put some respect on my name, young man, even though he's older than him. But he said, you better put some respect on me. Hit him with the step back, but before the step back, between the legs, got my man shaking and boating, got him skating down the lane, got him touching the floor saying, amen. But then he came back, hit him with the step back, hit the three, item down after that. After he item down, it was like IQ was locked in. At first, you seen a tandem of Obi and IQ for the first half of game two. They was going at it. I'm talking about bucket after bucket. When it came down after the uh, after the first half, we were only down by three at that point. It was 44 to 47. Obi Toppin had 14 points. IQ had nine. McBride had nine. So everybody's going in, boom, everybody's squared away. No, McBride had eight at the time, sorry. McBride had eight. So we, you know, we doing what we gotta do. We, we trying to get better, we trying to get into this league, we trying to cut into the deficit. We get into the third quarter now, because like I said, the first quarter you've seen the same, just uh, everything that you've seen in, in basically game one, you know? You've seen everybody locking in, doing everything they had to do. The shots are falling way better now. You see IQ being a little bit more aggressive, and you see also with McBride, you see him being more aggressive too, and actually being more in the flow of the offense. But also, you see the defense where they looked like they were going on their different runs. At one point, they went on a 7-0 run, an 8-0 run. And we just kept locking down, kept getting into the perimeter game, kept getting into the paint, kept locking down, uh, double teaming different guys and getting into our different games of defensive bags that we have and tricks to make sure we kept getting into the lead and then also take over the lead. Now, when we get into this third quarter, IQ, it was like he was just unstoppable. Number one, he drops 13 points in the third quarter alone by himself. 
gets us back into the lead. Ends up stretching the lead even more with the help of other guys along the stretch of a run that we were going on when we were going back and forth with these guys. But when I say IQ showed that not only he is the modern version of today's NBA point guard, oh my goodness. Not only were the assists there, not only was he sitting there reading the floor, understanding understanding how to read the defense and what the defense is giving him. Once he got into his bag of you can't stop me, it was literally you can't stop me. Chris Duarte had no answer for this man anymore. And obviously, that's one thing I didn't state before. In the first game with IQ, he was a little bit off because you've seen that now with the new regulations in the NBA. We are now cutting back on those little wacky tacky fouls that we used to do. So game one, you notice that he wasn't getting certain calls that he was used to get. Game two, he bounced around real quick. I'm assuming he must have heard the adjustments that the NBA made. Look at him now. He fought through the contact, shooting through different fouls. Even when you see Chris Duarte make that buzzer beat at three with the contact, the bump, and everything. They didn't give him the call, but he still made the shot. So therefore, they're going to crack down a lot on these players this season so look out for that look out for that look out for that but back to emmanuel quickly and how he was just lighting these guys up florida game getting fouled from the three-point line step back three crossover tween tween step back three like he was just on three level scoring time showing you that no matter what he's gonna have a spot in this rotation and it's beautiful and again like i said with the tandem of obi and him him and him and Obi together quickly dropped 32 points. Mind you, his game high in a season, meaning in the regular NBA season, was 31. Now, in Summer League, he just dropped 32. So you already see he's ready and well aware, like, okay, this boy is ready. He's going he's gonna to ball out regardless. Like, he, he's going to cook so much that he got me stumbling over my own words right now. He's going to cook and be in his bag. So definitely get ready for it. But again, he dropped 32. Then you had Obi. He dropped 22, if I'm not mistaken. Let me go ahead and do my Googles to be sure that I'm getting this right. Because you know me. I don't like to get my stats wrong. But oh my goodness. When I say the pairing of them, yes, Obi did drop 22. As I stated, nine rebounds, three of six from three. Being aggressive again. When it comes to quickly, 32, eight, two steals, 11 of 21. Now, also, within that, you have another breakout player. Like I always say, I got to highlight the breakout players when it comes amongst the rookies because I'm looking at Obi and Quickly like you guys need to be assertive and be the leaders of this team because we want to see the progression because we know you guys have set spots in the rotation with Thibs. So that's something that I'm not really worried about. So the breakout player... To, of today's game like i said game one we had sims game two would be miles aka deuce mcbride now with deuce that boy was here and he was electrifying not only did he play a hell of a game not only did he lock up on defense not only was he able to read read the court a certain way and read it to where he can get into the passing lane and get a couple of steals read the passing lane and get off give uh get off uh good assist to different players in transition back into uh tra transition back baskets or transition uh post-ups let's 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 go ahead and talk about it you got different types of outlets with that but for deuce he had 14 points three rebounds two or three from the field 
five of seven field goal range. And when I say two or three from the field, I'm talking about two or three from three-point people. He shot 71% tonight. Well, this afternoon, tonight, whatever you want to call it, no matter what, he shot 71% and put the icing on the cake with Grimes getting double teamed, dish off, my man Deuce clear-cut lane, showing he got ups for 6-2. Banger! Bang town on their head, man. Stop playing. Like, we got a lot of promising rookies, man. And this time, we actually did get a sighting of Rokus Jokubitis. And yes, I finally learned how to say your name, young man. Rokus Jokubitis. We have seen the sighting of him. And I would like to say that, no. Don't sit here and go crazy like, oh, he's not an NBA-ready player. He can't do this. He can't be here. No, he just had first game jitters. And it really showed a lot. A lot of loose a loose balls. Like I said, a lot of loose balls. It just he, he was just all over the place. But again, first game jitters, nothing to really worry about. You understand? So you can't really give that man too much, too much headache. As of Luca Veldoza, another game to where it's like, ah, I'm not too sold on him like how everybody talked about him. Even when I seen him in Olympics, I'm still not too sold on him, man. He was getting beat on the defensive end every time. Especially by this guy, Washington Jr. Every time he seen he was matched up with Luka, he knew that he was going to sit there and catch him with the same thing. He was going to get him around the pick, get him off the switch, or hit him with a step back. And he was getting burnt every time. And it's just like, I, I don't know what we're going to do with you, man. Like, I, I get you have the four-year contract. One year is solidified. The other three are non-guaranteed. But I don't, I don't really know, man. At this point, we got to see what's going on when we get to game three this Wednesday. And for everybody, everybody, I have to make this announcement. I've been stating that this game against the Lakers this Wednesday at 10 p.m. was Thursday. I got my dates mixed up. So, again, it is this Wednesday at 10 p.m. We are going against the Lakers. So when we do go against this team, Luka, I need to see a hell of a lot more improvement than what I've seen in these first two games. I get that, you know, you had to, you had your season, then you had the off season. I mean, then you had the Olympics pop up, and now you're doing summer league. But you see how this Knicks team is rolling. We got a lot, a lot, a lot to do. A lot to do. It's a, it's a hell of a lot going on. We got 14 guaranteed contracts. And now we actually, breaking news, speed dial. Let's go ahead and take a, a moment away from the Summer League games and talk about how the Knicks just signed off of sitting there clearing the waivers. Kimball Walker, thank you very much. But then also we just signed Devin Bacon from the Orlando Magic. We just signed him as well. I don't know the full details in terms of his contract right now. He could be a, gu a guaranteed contract. He could sit there and be a training camp deal how MG uh, MGK was last year. So I really don't know what's going on with that per se. As you can see, I'm doing my pod right now. So after when I do my Googles and check in, I might know the details for that. So if I do, once I get them, just make sure y'all tune in to at nickin30 uh, Nick underscore VSN. Make sure y'all tune in on Instagram. I'll have everything there for you, all the details, all the outlines before we go ahead and uh, finish this up. Or who knows? It might even be tonight. I don't know, but we'll see. But with the signing of him, 
Luca, you might be an odd man out. So if you don't want to be, you got to get it together, man, for real. And this is not no shade at him. This is not me trying to sit there and be like, okay, I'm going to pick on the little guy. No, I'm just keeping it real because as a Knicks fan, that's all we do. All we do is keep it real and... That's how I like to see it. I know we have some of those fans that go crazy and lose their mind, but I'm one of the realest ones that, that, that we got, you know? That's why I'm sitting here doing the pod and talking to all of y'all, getting y'all in tune with everything. So, again, with having everything said, we're going back in the game to, like I said, um, we're going to go into uh, quitting Grimes again. When it comes into quitting Grimes, it's the same thing as game one. He has to get under control. But you've seen that the shots were falling for everybody again. So he's doing a little bit better on that aspect. But he still has to play under control. He has to start that. Once he gets that whole aspect of playing under control and controlling the aspect of his own game, I promise you all, I promise you all from the bottom of my heart, as the most diehard Nick fan I can be, he will be an impact player nonetheless, plug-in guy, instant instantaneously offense and defense i'm telling you he will be one for the books so i'm telling you just give him some more time he's gonna get it together especially when tom starts coaching him and getting into him he's gonna get it way better he's definitely gonna handle what he has to handle again another good outing from sims just looking like another steal of the draft and a lot of people say yeah he's on a two-way contract but hey if things go left man he might be more than just a two-way contract come mid-season so who knows who knows but i could definitely say and if i want to be another diehard nick fan again and just be real hey mitch man i i hope you doing what you gotta do and i hope you stay well because if not you got somebody coming and gunning for your spot right now bro i got the same aspect the same model play the same way it's just if you, the only thing that's messing you up right now is you staying healthy, bro, bro. So who knows? And like I said, I ain't wishing bad on you. I ain't wishing bad on you. I ain't wishing nothing on you as well when it comes to that aspect. Just for the fact of I want you to be here. I want you to succeed. But we need you to turn up. So turn up like how you was doing last year when you started going off before that injury. Show us you still got that with the new added moves. And show us that you can control that pain with the new added weight with being 275. You feel me? 275. But again, game two was crazy. We definitely beat the Pacers. It's looking good when it comes to uh, the whole IQ can't run PG. He definitely put that talk to the stops. And like I said, I love this whole IQ and OB tandem. Like, these two together are really going to work. And they are making sure that they are going to get the job done. Or at least if we don't secure the win, they are going to make sure that they take full opportunity of the minutes that are given to them during this summer league. So they can get the much needed practice before the time ahead. Because this is a big season for us. Being fourth overall on the season. Everybody already feels like we way overachieved. Now we just got to do it again. And then on top of that, when we make the playoffs, who wants to sit there and be another first round exit? We got to do better. So let's just go ahead. These young guys are working. They are getting in their bag. And they are doing what they got to do to succeed. To do what it takes to be the next promising young guys up because let's talk about it this might be a season where a lot of vets might retire after this year so we may be looking at these guys as the next who's this and who's that so you got to stay ready for that so here are the key things 
you know, not to sit there and be like, oh, God, he's all over the place. But no, I'm, I'm on point. Don't, don't worry. You just got to catch up. So here are the key things I feel we need to work on going into game three against the Lakers. Number one, tighten up on that three-point line. The wing and the corner are getting left open way too much. In prime example is our guys are getting lost on these switches. When it comes to a pick and pop, these are normally how we are getting burnt off of these set shots that they are making because they, they are set shots. The shooter is already in position, locked and loaded, but we keep getting beat off the switch to the point that by the time the shooter gets the ball, they're already locked and loaded, ready to go and let it launch. So they already have the opening and a clear-cut path of how they want to shoot it, how they need to get it mounted up and get it ready to go. If we're a second or or too late, it's already over from there, as you can see this whole game against the Pacers. Because it was like literally three after three after three after three. It was like, okay, this is getting un this is getting unbearable. It was the same way in game one. It was three after three after three. It was like, all right, where when are we gonna stop this? When are we gonna stop this? And again, like I stated before, I understand that it's only summer league. I understand that yes, none of these games matter, but they matter to me. Why do they matter to me? Because I want to see all of these players do good and I want to see them prosper. But at the end of the day, I want to see who's really cut out to be a part of this squad because we have a lot of good things going on. No negative energy, no negative impacts. We need more glory. We need more aspects of greatness and we are thriving in the right direction again and we have to backtrack to the wonderful draft that we had we have to backtrack to the wonderful signings that we've done and again we just added yet again for those that are probably just tuning in late into it or probably scrolled forward just to see what i was talking about back here we just signed devin bacon today after the second summer league game we just signed him so again who knows a lot it might be a different change he might be training camp somebody might get cut it might get epic but i am not mad at the signing because devin bacon is a walking bucket he played all 72 games last year just like rj did he averaged 10.9 points a game 40.7 free throw per not free throw field goal percentage the whole entire year, no matter what, every time we played him, he always went to work and he's definitely a legitimate shooting guard or small four, however you want to play him because he is 6'7". Another Evan Fournier type. No matter what, he is a walking bucket. Another Terrence Ross, another Fournier, another Quickly, another one of those guys. He's a walking bucket that will get it done. And we kind of seen this signing happening overall. Of course, he is a CAA player, so who knows? And on top of that, Scott Perry definitely did see a lot of potential in that guy. But to top it all off, I understand the signing and I bring it up and I'm talking about this signing for a reason. Being that I know a lot of people like, you were just talking about Summer League. How did you get right back to the signing? I'm talking about this signing because it means a lot. Now it sit there and applies pressure to these guys coming in it applies pressure to these guys coming in that are new being rookies trying to get a, a spot in the rotation like okay we just signed him so we definitely need to step up because he can definitely take anybody's spot at any given moment without a doubt 
And it's only for the fact of he is a hard-working nose guy that will sit there and give you 110% always, no matter what. And to top it off, when back in Charlotte, the best tandem and best guy he worked with back in Charlotte when he was on the Hornets was with who? Kimball Walker. So you see the chemistry there? Now we have Bacon, Evan Fournier, Kimball. Three guys that all had some type of chemistry. But the two guys, meaning Evan Fournier and Bacon, both had chemistry with who? Kimball Walker. So you add all that dynamic onto this team, more chemistry into the family, knit tight unit that we're running. It's getting even better and better, folks. So I need these guys in the summer league to turn up because if you don't want your spot taken, you gotta turn up. And again, for those asking me in comments and different things like that, what's going on with Kevin Knox, he is still in health and safety protocols due to COVID. I don't know if he has it. I just know that he is in health and safety protocols. That is why he is not playing in any of these summer league games and he won't be participating in summer league this year. So who knows what goes on with him later on down the line. I just hope and I wish the best for him and I hope things turn around. Now again, going into game three, with all of that being said, getting back into this defense that we need to fix, I already discussed that. Other than that, if we could stop the defense, well, stop the defense. If we could stop the offense on this three-point line, we're not losing any more games. Other than that, that's the only thing that's getting us killed right now. Is that, and sometimes these ticky-tacky fouls and turnovers that we're doing in the midst of rushing the transition game. So those key things, if we brushing those up and tighten up on that, again, I still don't see why we don't win every other game left of this whole summer league yes we lost the first game we didn't get smoked at first i thought we was gonna get cooked but again we only lost by 10. we just got to keep applying that pressure we got to keep doing what we got to do but the other thing that i want to see is i want to see our coach i don't know how to fully pronounce his name that's why i'm not saying his name but i want to see our coach do a little bit better on these lineups that he's portraying but i do see that Maybe somewhere in the front office, they told him what type of sets of lineups to run. Because if you notice, it's really a whole bunch of men is going towards, of course, our rookies that we did draft. And it's going towards IQ and Obi, which I understand. But I do want to also see these other guys on the roster get a couple of burn. Because why? We do have a G League team as well. And the G League team does do good. So... That's another aspect into creating the undevelopment for the future that we may need. Because instead of going into free agency and going to spend that bag on a player from another team, you can get a homegrown player from the G League. So we gotta, we gotta, we gotta start getting these lineups crazy because there's no reason why we have almost three, four guards on the floor at a time. Like, bro, we have big men. Utilize them. You know what I'm saying? I get Sims is on point, but. If these, other, if these other guys are there, let's utilize them. Let's go ahead and break them in early. Instead of them bringing them in, you know, four minutes into the third quarter, let's start bringing them in like two minutes, uh, two minutes into like the first, you know, or, you know, eight minutes into the, the second. Let them play all the way until about three minutes into the second, you know, stuff like that. But I'm not the coach. I'm not the staff. That's just key things that I would like to see because our G League team does have a lot of promise. These guys in Summer League do have a lot of promise and we could turn up. But unfortunately, when it comes to this team, as you can see, our, our rotation is so deep. A lot of guys know they're not making it to the main squad. So you just got to ball out. So 
you know, just give these guys the opportunity and the chance. They came here to do what they got to do, so let's see it. As of game three, I'm calling it now the next breakout star. Like I said, you got the first one with Sims. The second one was McBride. I'm going to say game three is finally going to be Grimes' game. Grimes is going to finally get into his bag, come into his own, and we're going to see him light that floor up. Now, it may not be, oh, he's dropping 21, but he might definitely have a good, you know, 16, 5, and 8 game, you know. When I say 5 and 8, I want to say 5 assists, 8 rebounds. Like, I want to definitely say he's going to be in the mix and do what he has to do along this whole aspect of this summer league because it's going to get real. It's going to get real. Of course, Sims and McBride, they're going to keep doing what they got to do because they, they definitely are plug-in type of players. They understand their role and they understand what they need to do. IQ, he already gave people the business. I don't see him stopping. Obi, I don't see him stopping. I also see a better game from Rokas, and I also see a better game from Luka as well. I feel like now those jitters are going to start tiring out. I feel like they're going to have a little moment to where now, because like I said, first we had a game on Sunday, then it was Monday, so now they have a little you know, the rest of today, Tuesday, going into Wednesday to get down and break down more aspects of the defense and run the offense because, again, Luka was a late arrival to everything. So let's see how that goes. With with Rokas, you know, you've seen the first game jitters as of today. Game two was his first game. Repeating again for those that just don't know. So let's just hope that they could do better on all that. You know, I don't want to hold y'all up too much longer than that because that, that's pretty much ties in first couple of games of summer league plus the new signing man like it's getting crazy with the knicks and i love how everything is so organized so day by day it's like you don't know what's going on our knicks organization just doesn't speak at all and i like the silent moves we're playing chess for real and we're doing what we got to do and we're getting in our bag but to sum it all up again Yo, we here, man. <laughs> what else can I say? Game three, again, it's not Thursday. That was my error. That was my error again. Game three will be Wednesday against the Lakers at 10 p.m. So make sure you guys tune in. We're going to get that win because I believe in us. And again, we're going to get that dub. My predictions for that game. Breakout player of the game will be Quentin Grimes. He will definitely get the control that I've been preaching this whole joint. So he will be the breakout player. I see it happening now as of as of the older guys, meaning IQ, OB, or anybody that's over a two-year time span coming into the summer league. I feel like it's probably going to be Sheldon. Wayne Sheldon is probably going to be one of the other breakout players of game three. So tune in for that. Make sure y'all watch it again Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. And I cannot stress it enough, folks, because if you are a Knicks fan, you need to be tuning in to every one of these games, no matter what it is, regular season, preseason, every game, everything counts. They need us. New York Knicks fans, we are here. Make sure y'all tune in again Wednesday. 10 p.m. Knicks versus Lakers. Game three of Summer League. We are going to turn up. We're going to turn up. You hear the volumes? You hear my voice? We lit. You're going to turn up. But this is your guy, Dope the Phenom, a.k.a. Trippy OG. Make sure y'all do your Googles. Make sure y'all do your follows. Follow the new page. Again, I had to repeat it. The old IG guy hat at nickin 30 Got uh, got hacked. I'm sorry, guys. Like, it's still mind-blowing to me. So, please, please, follow the new page at 
Nick and 30 underscore VSN. For those who don't know, that's K N I C K N 30 underscore VSN. On IG today, make sure y'all follow the network that powers all of this. That's Venture Season Network. As I said, that's how you spell it. Get in tune with all our other podcasts. As in Steelers for Seven podcast, Battle Rap blogging, Venture Season podcast itself. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. Follow all your other hosts, Kev Easy, Sweezy, and make sure you also follow Taz Sound. Now, again, we here. This is what we do. Knicks, Dope the Phenom, aka Trippy OG, Nick and 30. Thank y'all for tuning in. I shout back at y'all Friday, man. That's my normal date. Make sure y'all look out for my live on Thursday. We're going to talk it up right after that game. Matter of fact, I forgot. We play at 10 again because I had to repeat it for those who don't like to listen. So, I might be a little tired. So, I'm going to go live. Like I always say, 2 p.m. on Thursday. Look out for that. I'll drop another pod this Friday. Look out for that as well. Make sure y'all follow all the things I told y'all to follow. This is Nick in 30, man. I'm off this. I got things to do. I see. Nick and 30, yeah, we back. Nick and 30, yeah, we back. Nick and 30.